our theme for today. Try to remember and follow, 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 follow. We begin here with a quote from uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Sachs. This is a comment about today's Parsha. <clears throat> Steve, would you read this, please? Sure. 21 times in Deuteronomy, Moses uses the verb Zachar, Zachar. Zachar, to remember. 14 times he warns the people not to forget. There is a fundamental difference between history and memory. History is his story, an account of events that occurred sometime else to someone else. Memory is my story. It is the past internalized and made part of my identity. History is an answer to the question, what happened? Memory is an answer to the question, who am I? Brilliant, keep reading. Um, we are what we remember. As with an individual suffering with dementia, so with the culture as a whole, the loss of memory is experienced as a loss of identity. So history is external to us. It's something that happened sometime else to someone else. But memory, biblically, is really remembering who we are. It's, it's my story. We need to remember who we are. Because if we don't, someone else will tell us who we are and we will lose ourselves. So I want to look at this theme of remembrance that pops up both in our New Covenant reading today and in our Torah reading. So this goes back to the Torah reading we had. We're going to look at, at five different kinds of remembrance that our Torah reading reminds us of. And I'll ask uh, Steve Lolly again to read these verses. First, we need to remember where we've come from. Go ahead, Steve. When you have come to the land Adonai your God is giving you as your inheritance, taken possession of it and settled there, you are to take the first fruits of all the crops and the ground yields, which you will harvest from your land that Adonai your God is giving you. You put them in a basket and go to the place where Adonai your God will choose to have his name live. You will approach the Kohen holding the office at the time and say to him, Today I declare to Adonai your God that I have come to the land Adonai swore to our ancestors that he would give us. Keep going. The Kohen will take the basket from your hand and put it down in front of the altar of Adonai your God. Then in the presence of Adonai, your God, you are to say, my, ancestors, my ancestor was a nomad from Aram. He went down into Egypt, few in number, and stayed. There he became a great, strong, populous nation. But the Egyptians treated us badly. They oppressed us and imposed harsh slavery on us. So, so my friends, my friends, as we come to the high holy days, as we come to the high holy days, this is kind of, these five questions are kind of like a workout to get us in shape for meeting the face of God during the 10 days of awe from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. And this is the first question. 
of the first issue, we need to remember where we've come from. Uh, we need, we, we tend to get inflated. We tend to get presumptuous. We tend to forget what condition we were in when God found us. So it's brilliant in the Torah that in order for people to exercise thanksgiving, they first must remember where they came from. My ancestor was a wandering Aramean. My ancestor was a, a, a refugee. Uh, our ancestors, oh my God, what our ancestors were. My, going back to my, my, my father's generation, uh, on my mother's side, they came from the old, the old country. They said the whole economy had broken down. People paid us with vegetables because the money was no good. My father, may he rest in peace, whose yard site was uh, uh, the 31st of August. My father came from a village where there were 2,500 Jews, and the, the Nazis wiped them all out. All of them were, were buried in the forest uh, with 500 other people they'd gotten from the concentration camps thereabouts. 3,000 Jews buried by their neighbors uh, in the forest outside a village where the largest building was a church. So let's, let's all of us, as we come to this holy season, let's remember where we've come from. And I'd ask you to contemplate why it's a healthy thing to do. One part of my answer would be, is because we get so conceited, we get so presumptuous, we get so forgetful, we lose track of reality. So the Torah reminds us, remind, remember where you've come from. Steve is gonna read us the next section. Number two, remember who your real rescuer is Steve lowly so we cried out to Adonai the God of our ancestors Adonai heard us and saw our misery toil and oppression and Adonai brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders now he has brought us to this place and given us this land a land flowing with milk and honey yes uh, uh, we're going through a time politically of somebody, somebody's echoing. We're going through a time politically now where we're, we're living in the illusion that this candidate or the other candidate will be our savior. That we need to be rescued from sure, from uh, clear and present danger by having the right leader. This is idolatry. This is foolishness. In the Old Testament, God um, wrestles with his people. He judges his people. When Israel, instead of coming to him for help, they go to Assyria and make, make uh, treaties with Assyria. The Assyrians were the ISIS of their day, but they were powerful. And Israel is prepared because they don't trust God. They're going to go make, an, uh, make a treaty with Assyria to protect them from Egypt. Or... They'll go to Egypt to protect them from Assyria. And you see in the prophets, God repeatedly uh, haranguing his people that this is a terrible thing because they have forgotten who their real rescuer is. And so the question for me to consider at this time as we go to the high holy days, 
as we try to get ourselves in shape for a confrontation with our own, our own, our own culpability. Have we grown unaccustomed to relying on God? Have we been accustomed to resorting instead to other means of security? That's the second question. We go on. Uh, just a second, please. Number three. Therefore, as you rejoice, see. We need to rejoice and remember to say thank you. Go ahead, Steve. Therefore, as you see, I have now brought the first fruits of the land which you, Adonai, have given me. You are then to put the basket down before Adonai, your God. Prostrate yourself before Adonai, your God. And take joy in all the good that Adonai, your God, has given you, your household, the levy, the foreigner, and the foreigner living among you. This is another sign of the fact that we're, when we're in terrible shape, we forget where we've come from. Uh, we forget who our real rescuer has been and continues to be. And thirdly, we really forget to rejoice and to say thank you. Uh, it just becomes lip service. It becomes a cliche. But real gratitude uh, dies in us. There's a man who taught at Harvard. I don't know if he's still there. His name is Tali Ben-Shachar, Israeli-American. He taught the most popular course at Harvard on uh, happiness. And he wrote a book on happiness. And he said, and uh, uh, Dennis Prager agrees with this that the root of happiness is gratitude, that an ungrateful person can never be satisfied, can never be happy. And many of us have grown out of the, grown, have lost our capacity to really say a heartfelt thank you to God. So if we would get in shape for the holy days, we should try to remember, and we should follow, 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 follow. And we must remember where we've come from. We must remember who our real rescuer is. And we must remember to say thank you, not just once in a while, but always. Paul says, in everything, give thanks. So we go on. Number four, we must remember to provide for those in need. Steve? After you have separated a tenth of the crops yielded in the third year, the year of separating a tenth, and have given it to the levy, the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow, so that they can have enough food to satisfy them while staying with you. You are to say, in the presence of Adonai, your God, I have rid my house of the things that set aside, that I have rid myself of the things set aside for God and given them to the levy, the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow, in keeping with every one of the mitzvot you gave me. I haven't disobeyed any of your mitzvot or forgotten them. I know I'm a cranky old man, but it's my perception that I encounter in America, amongst, especially amongst religiously upstanding, a certain hostility to the poor. The poor are an annoyance. The poor ought to get themselves together, get a job, and stop complaining. The poor are a drain on our economy. 
the poor created their own problems and they're always complaining. You, you think about it. In this passage in the Torah, God tells the, the average Israelite that they're to set aside a portion of what they have and that they must be able to pledge to God that they have not withheld that from the Levite, from the foreigner, from the orphan, and from the widow. Now, what did they have in common, these people? These are people without clout. These are people who are in dire straits, who have no power, and they have no clout, and they're poor. But they're not only poor, they're powerless. And I would suggest that if the scriptures mean anything to us, if the God of Israel means anything to us, then we must realize that we are judged more than anything else by what we did for the powerless. Yeshua speaks of the day of judgment, and he talks about the, the separating the sheep from the goats, and he talks about not visiting those who were sick and not visiting those who were in prison. Lord, when did we not visit you? When do we not help you? When you didn't visit people in prison, when you didn't visit help the poor, you did not help me. So we must, I must do better at remembering the disenfranchised, the equivalent in our day of the Levite, the foreigner now. It says right there, the uh, uh, the legal foreigner, uh, no it doesn't, the foreigner, the orphan and the widow, the people who have no clout, who have no power, who need a hand up, we are accountable to remember them and not forget. Finally, we need to remember our divinely implemented union with the Messiah. Nisa, I'm gonna ask you to read again from your, your, your reading. Now, brothers, I must remind you of the good news which I proclaim to you, in which you receive, and on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, provided you keep holding fast to the message I proclaim to you. For if you don't, your trust will have been in vain. For among the first things I passed on to you was what I also received, namely this, the Messiah died for our sins according to what, in accordance with what the Tanakh says. And he was buried, and he was raised on the third day in, in accordance with what the Tanakh says. And he was seen by Kepha, then by the Twelve. Now we're going to continue this in a moment. I want you to notice something here that we're going to be looking at briefly. And that is that the gospel, the good news, is not a method of getting saved. It's a story of what happened to Yeshua and how we are the beneficiaries we are in union with him. What happened to Yeshua becomes our identity. We were, we were crucified. We were buried. We were raised from the dead in him. The good news of Yeshua is not a method of us saying the magic words. It is the good news of what happened to him, which has become our identity. It's become not just his history, it's my story. It's Nisa's story. It's your story. So go on, Nisa, read a little more. And afterwards, he was seen by more than 500 brothers at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, though some have died. 
Later, he was seen by Yaakov, and then by all the emissaries. And last of all, he was seen by me, even though I was born at the wrong time. Anyhow, whether I or they, this is what we proclaim, and this is what you believe. We believe a story about Yeshua, which becomes our story. It becomes our identity. It's a story about him, and because of the work of the Spirit bringing us into that story, it becomes our story too. Let's read on. Okay. Uh, Melissa, would you read this paragraph here? Remember our good news message to ourselves and to others. Our evangelism is the proclamation of this story about Yeshua, not the outlining of a plan of salvation. People will find salvation through this story as they grasp that Yeshua is the triumphant King of Israel, who died and rose for us, who suffered for our sins, and who is going to return to either judge the unrepentant for their sins and indifference, or to claim the repentant as his own. Through his death, resurrection, and sending forth of the Spirit to draw us to himself, Yeshua brought us into his story, making that to be our story. In him we died, in him we rose, in him and in union with him and the Father, we are bearers of the Spirit. And because he lives, we will live also. So remember a final word from our teacher, Abraham Joshua Heschel. He said this about remembrance. Remember that there is meaning beyond absurdity. Know that every deed counts, that every word is power. And above all, remember that you must build your life as if it were a work of art. So try to remember and follow. Try to remember the time. So here's a little reminder from Detective Lenny Briscoe, also known as Jerry Orbach. Ladies and gentlemen, singing Try to Remember from the Fantastics, my little apprentice, Jerry Orbach. to remember the pride of September when life was slow and oh so mellow. Try to remember the kind of September when grass was green and rain was yellow. Try to remember the kind of September when you were a tender and callow fellow, try to remember, and if you remember, then follow. Try to remember when life was so tender that no one went except the willow. Try to remember when life was so tender that dreams were kept beside your pillow. Try to remember when.
and life was so tender that love was an ember above to go Try to remember, and if you remember, then follow. Deep in December, it's nice to remember, although you know the snow will follow. Deep in December, it's nice to remember, without a hurt, the heart is hollow. Deep in December, it's nice to remember, the fire of September that made us mellow. Deep in December, our hearts should remember and follow. He was part of the original cast of, um, of Fantastics for many years. He was a, a, a musical comedy uh, functionary before he ever did Law and Order. Uh, very interesting man. The last 10 years of his life, he had cancer. He never told anybody. He just continued doing Law and Order while they fought various kinds of cancer for him. And, uh, uh, and eventually he lost his battle. So, try to remember the things that I shared with you today and follow. Follow, 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 follow. Follow Yeshua, whose story has become our story, whose identity has become our identity. Try to remember. <laughs>